0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's the
2: Score North Twin Show.
0: Presented by our friends at Modest Brewing. Gentlemen, celebrating one of the best weeks, record-wise, of the season for our twins. Which we'll get into here as we get into the uh, state of the twins categories. And in an immac- by the way, the immaculate grid challenge has taken the twins fans, uh, the 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 Scorner Twin Show fans by storm. We're getting requests all weekend that hey, even if you guys don't do an episode of the actual <laughs> show, would you just jump on YouTube and podcast and do an immaculate grid? So I mean, John Boy does this once a week
2: on Thursday. They do they, act, they do a few things. They'll do the grid, but then they also they'll take screenshots. It goes easy, medium, hard, and it's just a baseball reference screenshot of okay. all the statistics. And all their panelists have to try to figure out who it is. Mm. So maybe there is an immaculate grid type of playlist that we can just start cutting yeah. and making people try to watch it. I like that idea.
0: Okay, we'll figure something we can do. Just like buzzed on a Saturday night, though, you know. Yeah, nothing. Yeah.
2: That was me on the golf course on Saturday morning trying to figure out the immaculate grid, which was a different
0: style too. It was. It was. It was no teams. It was only yeah, award I like the winners. Teams.
2: I think I like the award winners. I, I like now. the award one. I like mixing that in at least once. The that award should be a one thing. though depends
1: on
0: what awards though, because there's some I think are stupid. Classic. Well the hardest one is like I did have to look up when did the Silver Slugger Awards start. Right. Yeah, when did the I, when did the Gold Glove Awards give, start?
1: Give me Padres, give me Expos, give me Royals. <laughs> Give me A's,
0: okay? (laughs) None of this Silver Slugger crap. (sighs) Exactly right. So we'll get into our State of the Twins discussion here, too. They just swept in dramatic fashion, the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's a a, a Joe Maurer section of my State of the Twins for you guys. Presented by our friends at Modest with their tap room in the North Loop right next to Target Field. Cans available in liquor stores throughout the metro. Uh, The the, uh, Super Deluxe Premium Lager has been my sort of go-to just a refreshing, light, great beer, and uh, you can get into any number of different creative, awesome beers. The uh, The, 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 the taproom is just steps from Target Field and the light rail. The first Scorner Twin Show podcast we ever did in front of an audience was actually at Modest with Glenn Perkins like four years ago. So check them out, ModestBrewing.com. We appreciate them powering the state of the twins' discussions here. So, gentlemen... Let's see here. I think I have four categories for you, but we'll start with the big picture snapshot as we do every Monday, sort of where do the twins sit? So they are 59 and 54, four and a half games ahead of the Guardians, and their magic number is now 46. So they've shaved like, I think, 10 games off of that since last Monday. Cleveland keeps losing. for great. Them. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. Great fight, though. Oh, my God. All-time great fight. dude. F around and find out if you're Tim Anderson. Oder oh, Batista cow. was
1: the last one.
0: Yeah, Ogre. That yeah, good. Yeah, that was a good one too. That, that was. Bad. He, I mean, Tim Anderson got dropped. When like, oh, he was dropped, he was shaky for a while. Yeah, you see him trying to get back to the dugout. Yeah. Like he had four. And then he came running. out of the
1: clubhouse. They had to drag him back. <laughs> Vaughn like had to wrap him
2: up. <laughs> and his tweet spree that he went on last night was even weirder. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah,
0: that was. Well, that worse. was a hell of a brawl. Yeah, to calm down. Anyways, the the Twins' offense ranks 17th in run score per game. Their defense and pitching, so run prevention, is third in runs allowed per game. So it's still sitting up there in the top three. Baseball Reference and Fangraphs both give the Twins a 91% chance to make the playoffs. Baseball Reference gives the Twins a 4% chance to win the World Series. Fangraphs a 3% chance to win the World Series. And new category alert, thanks to Declan, If the playoffs started today, the three seed Twins would play a three game wild card series against the six seed Toronto Blue Jays. So they'd likely get, in the first two games, they'd probably get Gausman and Barrios. Barrios has actually been pretty darn good for the Blue Jays this year. So what are your thoughts? How would you feel right now, today? Starting today, a three game series, all three games, if needed, would be at Target Field if the Twins squared off against the Blue Jays? Would they finally snap a near two decade? 0-18 0-18 playoff win streak. Well, at some point in time,
1: yes, they would, because at some point in time, it's baseball. They Something's going to happen good. You have to. Uh, do, do I think that they would ultimately win the series? I certainly would not uh, make them the favorites. But, yeah, I don't think the Twins can ever again go into a playoff series, and I'll just say it, they're going to be swept, because eventually just the, just the laws of baseball, right? Yeah. Like, it's just not possible. Now, losing series is, but actually losing games? So, yes, I think the Twins
2: would win a game. They can win a game. Toronto's lineup is really damn good. It's it's just got a surplus of great young hitters that are basically kind of coming basically like what the, the face of baseball feels like in Vlad Guerrero. And I know they got the veteran George Springer there too, but Matt Chapman's super good. Um, they, they have a lot of on the hit. injured list, And the Shet's right? hurt. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. Which, which, is, which is, I guess, good news if you're a Twins fan. Yes, they can win, they can win a playoff game against that team. Um, that lineup in the middle is really, really good. And three four five, you got a high leverage situation in the seventh. You have to bring in your probably best pitcher to get those guys out. But I think they can win a playoff game against Toronto.
0: I think Barrios might get a little nervous at Target Field. I think he might get a little, little amped up. Walk a couple guys in the first inning, give up a three-run jack or something. So I would actually feel. Now, what would be interesting though is if the Yankees got a little hot and oh climbed up. Would you would would you <laughs> want to bring on the Yankees again? This sort of lessened version of them. They're I don't know. They're like five games back of that wild card spot. Yeah. But uh, but that's what it would look like right now if the playoffs start today. So all right, let's get into the categories here. One, two, three, probably like four categories in an immaculate grid for you guys. Dallas Keuchel has arrived is the first category. So, uh, the good, his stuff, at least from my observation, was diving down in the zone, kind of like vintage Dallas Keuchel stuff. Eighty-eight mile an hour fastball on average. You know, people have made a big deal out of like he's only throwing eighty-eight miles an hour when he won when he won the Cy Young award what eight years ago. He averaged an 89-mile-an-hour fastball, so it's it's less about velocity, more about just mixing up speeds, stuff that dives down the zone. He had a 62% ground ball rate in that game, which is very high, and a 29% weak contact rate in that game, which is well above career average. It was just sort of death by paper cuts. He mm-hmm. only gave up the one run. But um, on the bad side, only four swinging strikes out of 74 pitches, no strikeouts. And he did allow four stolen bases on the two double steals, so he might need to brush up on his uh, holding runners game. But what did you guys think? I, I actually was pleasantly surprised with how good he looked, considering, you know, last year it kind of looked like he was cooked. He's 35 years old, but I actually, I, I'd want to give him at least another start after what I saw on Sunday. I definitely give him another start. I guess my question
1: is this can he get by on this guile, this veteran sort of, um, you know, Certainly not overpowering or even close. Yeah. But, like, has he found something? The one thing to keep in mind about the D-backs is they got off to a really good start and were in first place for a while, and it was fun. Since the All-Star break, they have been a dumpster fire. Like, they have been a complete mess. So am I willing to say that Keiko belongs here? No. Would I give him another start or two? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. And
0: Arizona, I mean, he was with Arizona, right? Just yeah, the last year. Nah, I think last his year. was last it year. to start the year. Mm-mm. No, Texas. He, he gave up it seven earned year. runs as yeah. a Diamondback in like one of his last starts. I'm yeah, sure, last so
2: I, year. Arizona probably knows him a little bit too. I think it's worth having him in the rotation to bump some guys down, give some guys some time off. I know Ryan's injured right now, but it's worth it. Um, they have a four and a half game lead. Yes, I'm not trying to say they can coast their way to this division title, but I think having a veteran in there to just kind of ease the rest of the starter's burden, basically, is a good thing. And yeah, four swinging strikes. I mean, th- that's like end of Nick Blackburn territory where he like got no swinging strikes towards the end of his Twins, ter- uh, twins career. Yeah, But they have so many other good... Fl- I mean, Pablo Lopez is like second in the league in strikeouts. Sonny Gray racks up a lot of strikeouts. I think it's kind of where you want to put him in the rotation. But I do think it's worth having him do some
0: spot starts here, basically, throughout the rest of the season. Well, and they just... Yeah, like, at some point, throw a lefty at somebody. You know, they just... he he does fill some cracks that if he can perform like he did yesterday, he could be useful. So his stuff was better than I thought it would be. It was, I mean, some of the swings that he was inducing and was it like three different times? There'd be a cue ball shot that just wound up in no man's land for a hit. You know, like those are now you could argue on the other side when you don't miss bats, you're at the mercy of remember Kyle Gibson used to get into these situations and Judd and I would do these radio shows and he's like perplexed about, My God, like you know, the three you know dunk singles or whatever, and then a blooper over here. It's like, well, yeah, if you're not striking guys out, then you're susceptible to a blooper falling in for a hit or a ground ball not getting fielded. And this isn't the the best infield defense right now either, with Julian at second base and kind of a hodgepodge of random guys at third base. Um, But his his stuff was better than I thought it was going to look, and it was it was less of a grind. Uh, to get guys to to get themselves out than I thought. Mm-hmm. So, okay, next category is uh, Judd. Are you going to apologize <laughs> to Max Kepler now? Game tying home run yesterday. Since June tenth, Max Kepler has an OPS of nine hundred with twelve home runs and twenty seven runs driven in. He's probably been their best hitter. Since June 10th, he's been one of the hotter hitters in baseball over that two-month stretch. So I gave this,
1: because you you obviously tweeted this out right after the game, I think, yesterday. And I gave this a lot of thought and was very, I wanted to get perspective, okay? So, like, before I came on and said I apologize or said I didn't apologize, I wanted to give this just a really, really uh, sit down and think it through and, and crunch some stats. Sure. And here's my response. Instead of apologizing to Max Kepler, I would like to thank Matty Walner, and here's why. Oh, okay. okay, on the on the July fifteenth is when Jose Miranda got hurt again and went on the IL, and Matt Walner, who everyone and their brother and sister was begging to be called up, okay. So, like, this was not a, a sports dad thing. Every one of us is like, "Why this guy's red hot. Why aren't you calling him up?
0: It is weird, yeah. He's Couldn't exactly what
1: you covet in a player, and you won't call him up. So, on July 15th, Matt Waldner gets the call. That day, going into the games of July 15th, Max Kepler, 209 average, 281 on base, 403 slugging, Twelve homers and thirty RBIs in sixty six games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so remember they had talked to Kepler. Rocco had challenged Kepler. Supposedly, from what we heard in the clubhouse, uh, in the clubhouse meeting in Atlanta, a lot of guys had told Kepler, "Dude, do your bleeping job." Okay, yeah, there was some, some, so, tension. So some there, tension. So there was tension, but we didn't need tension. What we needed is a fire lit under the ass of Max Kepler since since Walner was called up. 324 average 355 on base 662 slugging six home runs in 20 games and he's driven in 12 runs mm. so i would like to thank matt walner for doing what no one else could do which is light a fire under the ass of max kepler because you know what until then it well, he just played it was like every day he's However still in, he's still in the lineup. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Either bench him, do something here. And Matt Walner, who we were all begging, came up and he provided a credible threat to Kepler's job.
0: Do you think that? Do you legitimately think that that's the reason, or do you think it's coincidence? No. Do you think, do you think, do you think Kepler? you think Kepler felt actual yes. like my job's on the line? Yes, I pressure. think
1: Kepler needs to feel threatened, and Matt Walner threatened it. Because before, yes, I think Max Kepler falls into very lazy, um, just sort of. Because I here, here's my here's my dime store theory on Kepler. He doesn't strike me as a guy that loves baseball, right? Like it's a great job, and he is a talented human being. There's no question about it. Hell, he's showing that right now. But I think he just felt his job was safe, and and he also keeps talking. In fact, he did this uh, when he started to break out of this. He did this, and he did it again yesterday. He also starts talking about how he likes his teammates now and it's not, and the team's not being selfish and they were previously and they didn't make any trades at the deadline to speak of. So I don't know who he's talking about or what like in his mind is different, but yes, I think that that Matt Walner in a good way provided a motivating factor that nobody else had as a credible threat to Max Kepler's job. Um And I think, I think Kepler thought, you know what? I might get traded. I think all of those things, have worked to help him become a far more, because the word that I would use is engaged player. Like his at-bats now are really engaged. yeah, this Not deadass.
0: And this is the first time since 2020 that he's had an OPS above league average. Uh, and in the, what, eight years that he's been a regular everyday major league player, it's only the third time he's had in eight years an OPS above league average. He had the crazy awesome 2019 season and 2020 was i guess not a train wreck but the le- like it was the pandemic year it was a two month sample bats were behind arms so this is really if you take the pandemic year out this is only the second time in his career that he that he's been an above average major league hitter which is incredible considering you know his potential and his you know prospect status at one point
2: what's interesting too is so he's always been a He's always had a pretty decent eye, like in his career, he at least the last five, six years. He has been a guy that walks over 10% of the time. He, has, he takes some good pitches here and there. This year, that has gone down. So he's only walking 7% of the time, but he's hitting the baseball super hard. His, yeah. his exit velocity is up. His sweet spot percentage, according to Baseball Savant, is at a career high. He's hitting at the sweet spot of the bat 35% of the time, where typically he was only hitting 31% in his career. So I don't know what, maybe it's David Popkins. Maybe something has changed a little bit. The Popper. But his hitting has drastically improved. And
1: Apologize to Popper right now. Max Kepler will never get an apology from me because this hot streak is an indictment of what he doesn't do. When he goes through, not slumps, but years where, as Phil just documented, he is not doing, he has this potential.
0: Yeah. It is funny, like, and I, I'm mostly just needling you, because oh, no. this is what... This but some is, people
1: out there are like, you should apologize. I'm like, no, I'm not going to. You're you going. are
0: wrong. It's like, well, no, the criticism has been correct for years and years and years, and he has now awakened, and it's a great time. Because if you're getting this version of Max Kepler now, and he's locked in through, wow. like, October, it changes your lineup. And Matt Walner, too. Matt Walner might change your lineup just as much, if not more, uh, than Max Kepler. Sure. Sure. Well, and...
1: Keep in mind too, that team option now probably gets picked up, right? So it's a ten.
0: It's a ten million dollar yeah. team option. But
1: but they love him. But I mean, this is what Falvey keeps saying was you know kept saying was coming, and we're like, really? But I just I find it interesting that a lot of things come together to motivate Max, and all of a sudden Max is being the best Max he can be. Sort of an indictment.
0: You know, but he'll be motivated next year because it'll be a contract year officially if they pick up the option. Yeah. I'd I'd rather have a motivation. No extension, though. Well, he's 31, and you've got to be... I would think at that point... I'd actually move him, but... It would be a good summer to... I'd like to... to Pick out high if you could. Yeah. But uh, if you can get this version down the stretch, it helps you a lot. Okay, um, one more category for you guys here, and I think it's probably a deeper dive, so let's pause real quick before we get to... Uh, the the Joe Maurer stuff from the weekend in an immaculate grid to talk about our friends over at Livia Judd, who've been helping score North and purple daily listeners lose a lot of weight. And, you know, you still have some time this summer to uh, chisel off some pounds here with our friends at Livia and get in the best shape of your life while it's still swimsuit season, you know, and here's the best
1: part. Um, This actually started on Saturday, but it's first time that I get to talk about it as a guy who uh, had success on this program a couple of years ago. Now dropped, 40 pounds. And the best part is they help you keep that weight off right now. Get three months free. That's right. Just started. This offer just came down the pike and it's a great one. Three months free call now and you're going to lose up to 10 pounds or more in your first two weeks. And I said that you get three months free and in two weeks you've lost 10 pounds. Imagine the possibilities. Imagine what you are going to see in three months, which is essentially going to be A new you. It's fantastic. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A Livia.com. Voted Minnesota's best weight loss program and now offering you. So if you're looking to drop the weight three months for free, and I'm telling you it works and they're going to help you keep that weight off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A Livia.com to the rescue when it comes to weight loss.
0: Also a shout out to our friends over at Summit Orthopedic. So if you're dealing with any type of pain, could be anywhere from your feet, ankles, all the way up to your uh, shoulders, and neck. No referrals are needed. Same-day appointments available. And also walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week at Summit Orthopedics. 25 locations in the Twin Cities in Greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, the Score North Twin show continues here uh, with this next category which is, I think Joe Maurer is not going to be just celebrating the Twins Hall of Fame. Mm. I think there could be a ceremony of larger stature or nature sometime in the near
1: future. Yes, Creighton Durham Hall yeah. Hall of Fame. Okay. My God, he wasn't in there already. No. Hold
0: on, that's an oversight. Did they invite the guy who struck him out once in high school yep. too? I saw. Yeah, yep. he, cool. he, he came out.
1: He came out with the three baseballs that Joe then threw. That's uh, right. To that's his, what his it
0: was. kids. Yeah, what was very was a, did you guys? That, that was pretty. It I'm was. Little, he also
2: penned a little thing for bringmethenews dot on the whole interaction and experience. And he Joe said. To the guy, you're not going to throw me that curveball again, are you? Because he dropped a curveball that that struck him
0: out at Elk River. Classic Joe. Classic Joe. So I've put a lot of thought into this over the years, and I've kind of like for a long time I was like, I think he's borderline because he he has really no postseason track record. You know, I I do feel like Joe Maurer's production is actually more appreciated outside of Minnesota. I think in Minnesota – People get annoyed that he didn't hit for as much power, that the teams didn't have, like, World Series success, right? But I was doing some digging on this on Baseball Reference. So, and Judd and I have had this discussion about Hall of Fame. I personally believe that peak performance, if you are great for a shorter amount of time, that that should hold more weight than just playing forever. So, like, like Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines well, played 22 years. Yeah, that was him. A- Weird. no mvps, no batting titles, never led the league in home runs, RBIs, wins above replacement, and he, he's just like a good solid player, but he played for 22 years. So, let's put him in. Mike Mussina. Really good pitcher for 18 years, right? He was a, a good solid pitcher for 18 years. Uh-huh. I think Johan Santana is more of a Hall of Famer than Mike Mussina because Johan Santana for 7 years was probably the best starting pitcher in all of baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, Baseball Reference They have a ranking for potential Hall of Famers, and it basically takes the best seven-year stretch of your career, wins above replacement, and you can can do it however you want, like with accolades too, but it'll take the best seven-year stretch of your career, and it'll put it up against everyone else's best seven years. Johan Santana, his best seven-year stretch ranks above 30 current Hall of Fame pitchers. Yeah. 30, including... Nolan Ryan, Don Drysdale, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Mike Messina, of course, Jim Cott, all, all due respect, but Jim Cott's kind of another one where it's like he pitched for a long time, right? Joe Maurer's the same way. Joe Mauer doesn't have, you know, 500 home runs or 3,000 hits or whatever it is, but his, his best seven-year stretch, according to baseball reference, ranks fifth all-time among catchers, behind only Johnny Bench, Gary Carter, and two steroid guys. Pudge and Mike Piazza. Mm-hmm. So if you start to look at that, if you want to ding him for longevity or because he played first base and you know had a couple weird years at the end, but if you just look at his peak seven or eight years, or for him it was more like nine or ten years, Yep, he's in. I think he's in. I think he's going to be getting into it. To the to the big boy Hall of Fame, not just the Twins Hall of Fame. I don't think he's
1: a first ballot Hall of Famer because of the way that the that the uh, uh Baseball Writers Association of America, who are members of the voting committee, vote. I don't think he gets in next year. But I agree. So what's gonna ding him a little bit also is is the lack of playoff success. Like that's definitely going to ding him. But I think yeah. when you look at it, I think what eventually gets him in, you know, I don't know, second or third time around is the success as a catcher. He is a Hall of Fame catcher. He won three batting titles. I believe the most, you know, I think when he won his first batting title as a catcher, I think it was what one guy had done it. It was some ridiculously low yes. number. I think he's the only one of the AL to ever do it. Yeah, I think it was a National League. I think it was a Cincinnati Reds catcher had won a batting title. Was it Ernie Lombardi or somebody like that? in like the 30s or 40s. And so I think Joe became the first American League catcher, and he not only won one, he won three. He won an MVP. Um, I think if he had had any playoff success, that he he is a first ballot guy.
0: Well, Ernie Lombardi, great call, by the way. Thank you very the much. 1938 Cincinnati, was it Red Legs? Red Legs, yeah. No, the they, were, they were the Reds. They were the Reds.
1: Yeah, but, but the point is, if Joe Mauer had had postseason success, I think he walks in on the first ballot. But because he didn't, I think that he is, I think it's going to be impossible to keep him out. And Phil, we've talked about this before as well. The first base thing, ask yourself this question. Because of concussions, he walks away. So like in 2014, he gets hurt. That's it. I'm done. I'm done playing. I think he goes in as a catcher. Yep. So, like, I don't need the first base stuff to have been this continued greatness. Um, and on your Santana part, Johan Santana is in the Hall of Fame today. If you reverse his career and he starts with the Mets and then comes to the Twins to back end his career. So he, as a Met, he goes in the peak greatness yeah. as a Met would have gotten him in. It's a shame that that in for his sake, it didn't take place that way. Uh, but yeah, Joe Mauer to me is a Hall of Fame
2: catcher. Yeah, yeah, it's the fact he did it at catcher. I mean, three gold gloves, five silver sluggers, an MVP, a batting champion, a six-time All Star. If he walks away from the game after 2013, just as the concussions are too 13. bad, he is. I think he's in first ballot. I really think he's in first ballot.
0: Puckett, man, yeah, Puckett. Now Puckett was like 35 when his vision went, or 36. Yep. So he was near in the end, anyways. But two World Series though exactly like 100%. you like you got Koufax, that, You're going dude, in Kofax was out of the league at age 30 yeah but Kofax and Johan are kind of similar in that way but yeah. Kofax had the world series at yeah. least one right he might have had more than one because they yes, beat the twins sure. yeah. actually you won the four world series so yeah. so it does like the postseason stuff Matt, Jack Morris is a hall of famer he's not a hall of famer if not for game seven mm-hmm. and that's fine like game seven should count a ton for your hall of fame candidacy agreed so and it's not that Maurer like failed in the postseason. He didn't have. He, there was one, like 04, he was injured. Yep. Uh, and then 06, 09, and 10, they just got swept out. And in 09 was
2: Cuzzy, the infamous Phil Cuzzy yep. one. And he hit well in those three games, but that's a different outcome. You know, if that ball's mm-hmm. fair, that's a different outcome. They probably win If that ball's fair, they might they actually probably win the, win win the, the series. In the series, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's. um. If he, if he had, like, one run where they went to the World Series and he had a game-winning double or something, then he's probably first ballot. But he gets in. He's probably going to get in.
1: What haunts those teams, though, and, in fact, uh, Punto was in the booth because of the, the ceremony coming up on Saturday. Punto was in the BSN booth on Friday night. And what haunts those teams is 2006 because mm-hmm. he said, yeah. we should have won. We should have. And I'm not talking the whole series. Thing. The whole yes. thing. Yes. He said we should have won. Mm-hmm. Like and if they win a World Series in 2006, think about the trajectory of that of that team and the thought process about certain guys. Then it's totally different. And if Mauer had a World Series, I'm with Declan, though. I think that he also just basically goes in, walks in next
0: year if he had a World Series. Mm-hmm. Dude, some of the numbers that dude put up. You forget even before yeah. there was the MVP season, which which by the way, which was ridiculous. People discredit him because he didn't repeat it.
1: He but he also missed a month. But That's them, the most incredible yeah. thing. Yeah. He he put up a complete season of basically greatness and he didn't play in April. Yeah.
0: But because he didn't repeat the whole at least the the power nature of it, and I guess he never really came close to hitting three sixty-five again. He batted three twenty-seven the year after And then he had a 319, a 324, and a 305. So he never came close to hitting those numbers again. And rather than just celebrating it as this crazy unicorn season for a catcher, it's probably the greatest catcher season in baseball history, right? It's almost like, hmm, why was he able to do it that one time, and what? then never again the rest of his career? Even though injuries, you know, yeah. knees, back, all this other stuff played a huge role in that. And the the stadium change that's what affected him more than any player in Twins history. What happens if they don't leave the Metrodome? He he for sure has more than nine home runs in 2010. Can tell you that. Yeah, because he's punching them out to left. Yeah, he absolutely. M- most of his home runs were either. You know, first five rows in left field or maybe just over the baggy, like right center field kind of a thing. Sure. And those are the areas where fly balls went to die the most at the new target field. Yeah. you, you the, Those same he was hitting the same fly balls to left field and they would be short of the warning track. They'd be outs. Yeah. And so that's a that's part of why his batting average dropped 40 points. And he went from 28 home runs down to uh, nine home runs in basically the same amount of games and played appearances but i i feel like we don't we don't celebrate that 2009 season cuz it's almost a symbol of what could have been despite the fact that he's going to be a major league baseball hall of famer right
1: well and we also it's weird now and when joe you know got his his jersey retired what about th- two or three years ago now or on saturday night he rightfully so gets big cheers but we sort of forget that what seemed like a pretty long period at target field of when the fans, I've never seen them turn on a player like that. Like they did on Joe going back Mm -hmm. to is I trace it back to the bunt against Cleveland at target field. 2010. Yep. 2010. And he bunts and fans are like, start to boo and they're ticked off. But I mean, there was a prolonged period that we now I think attempt to forget about. Where Joe became this weird lightning rod of like everything that went wrong oh, yeah. with the twins, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily fair. And Phil, as we've discussed numerous times before, this organization did him as dirty as you can do yeah. a guy with bilateral leg weakness. God, that was bad. I, I mean, you talk about they missteps. all
0: want to have that one back. Yeah.
1: Well, and it you know, and he wouldn't explain it. Joe wouldn't because he's super private, and it dragged him down.
0: Yep. It did. It's uh you know, Morno had the concussion problems, which were definable. Yes. And now the symptoms weren't as definable because he had all sorts of crazy symptoms that derailed his career. But Morno had a concussion, therefore we feel terrible for him as yes. a fan base and whatever. We sympathize, empathize with him and root for his recovery. Because Maurer's injuries were vague, and because it was always weird. To fans, anyways, that a six foot five, two hundred thirty pound multi sport athlete only hit like seven or nine home runs in these seasons. Right. You know, it was it was always perceived that there was more in the tank for him, but it was injuries that prevented him from maybe fulfilling this. But again, like we're literally talking about a guy that's going to be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, right? And and some of his story and narrative is, but what could have been? Well.
1: And then the question is, then if, if that's your, your thesis, then the question to the twins is, why didn't you move him quicker? Because when you, when you have a guy catch like that, I mean, that's a big dude. He's six foot five, right? When you have him catch, the second he starts to catch, there is a clock ticking on his career.
0: But do you think, I think he's, he's a Hall of Famer because he's a catcher. I yes. agree with that.
1: I agree with that. But, but what his I'm saying is, is different. We're like, first why baseball. couldn't he keep doing that for 20 years? Well, partially because he caught, but yes, he is a Hall of Fame catcher. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: If you would have told me that he could have played, let's say, starting at age 22 or something, they say, you know what, we're gonna move Bryce Harper style. We're gonna you're gonna be a corner outfielder with a howitzer arm. Yep. Or there were I, I thought there was some chatter at one point that like could is he athletic enough to play third? There was, but he's all I don't know how many six foot. How tall is Nolan Arenado? He's not six foot five, right? So that just feels like a little, maybe a little bit tall, but. You know, could he have put up even bigger offensive numbers? But the other thing, too, is, yeah. you know, he, the thing that he was great at, like generationally great at, was getting on base through, through batting average and working counts. And he was elite at getting on base. Mm-hmm. Rod Carew was great at getting on base, was not a great power hitter. Tony Gwynn. But it was like, it was accepted that those guys, maybe because of their size, was different. If Tony Gwynn hits 360 and gets on base and only hits 10 home runs. We celebrate it. Rod Carew. Go look at Rod Carew's numbers in the 10 years of his prime versus Maurer. Yeah. Carew stole some bases, but Maurer caught. So, like, the rest of it was they're they're the same hitter. And we celebrate Rod. We didn't ask, well, why doesn't Rod Carew hit 40 home runs? No one asked that question, right? Yeah. I, I think
1: part of the problem, too, though, is, unfortunately for Joe, this team moves into target field in 2010, wins the Central, and then goes into a horrific tailspin. And he became the poster child yeah. for the expectations that weren't met not just by him necessarily, but the entire franchise. And I think that's the biggest factor because everybody said, You said you're gonna move into target field, get all these guys and win championships right. and you regressed. And I think we picked a guy that we were pissed off at who was the sole problem. Yeah, totally not fair, but it was Joe Maurer.
2: I think we. I think the majority of people that still do not like Joe Mauer, by the way, those people, there is a bucket of that that still exists. I think there's a good amount, though, at Target Field who probably did boo him from 2011 through 2015. At, do feel bad about that? That the Minnesotan in them's like, hi, ah, you know what? Now he's been gone. I probably shouldn't have done that. Now there are still people that dislike him for whatever reason. I think it's completely irrational. But even when our buddy Matthew Collar moved here and he learned that people don't like Joe Maurer in this state, his yeah. mind was blown. How do you not like that guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's complicated, I guess.
1: It yes. is. And, and Joe, as Phil can attest, Joe could have helped himself more, too. He could have. Like Joe could have been the Joe that, that we get now at the mic. If he had been that Joe, I think there's a lot more sympathy. And I think that there's a lot more empathy. But, you know, he didn't say much, and, and again, he should have gotten, when the Twins messed up and, and came up with an injury that does not really exist, he should have said, we're going to get this right.
0: Yeah, they, and, and, and he just, you know. And he didn't he help just, himself. He was, in reality, actually one of the toughest players you're going to find, because he was going out there and playing 135, 140 games. that's Cousins-esque, games.
1: too. And, that's a little that's a little Kirk esque right yeah. there,
0: and you did, but we didn't get the behind the scenes Netflix stuff, and he did. I yeah. remember one time because I covered the beat right during the the first it was the last year of him at Metrodome, and then like the first few years at Target Field, so kind of the heart of his career. Uh-huh. And um, I, I talked to him one on one, just kind of in in private in the clubhouse one day in 2011, that bilateral leg weakness season, and I said, Hey, you know i I've heard that there's more going on here physically and i i would if you're comfortable would love to tell the story of what's happening physically and he just shut it now he's like i don't want i i would i would prefer that that we don't because i don't want to talk about my injuries and I, and i was kind of like right but people think you're like people think you're a wimp man like yes, <laughs> that's, and that's a problem yeah that's and hard he's to explain. He's, like, he's like i don't I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to go about my business and whatever. And he came back and hit 300 the next year. Like, okay. So, but yeah, um, also just one of the rare athletes where the guy that you think he is personality wise and kindness wise, not really knowing him, but seeing him on TV and stuff is exactly who he is behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Just one of the most like genuine nicest people. Mm -hmm. So Joe Maurer, Twins Hall of Fame. All right, boys, let's put five quick minutes on the clock here. Okay. It's time for the Immaculate Grid Challenge. And Declan's going to put it up here for the YouTube audience so you guys can see us go through this process. For the audio audience, we will explain this the best we can. It's basically a nine-square baseball trivia tic-tac-toe grid. So we're looking for any player in baseball history that was an angel and a cardinal... An Angel and an Astro and an Angel with 300 career saves. So it could be not all with the Angels, but 300 career saves and play for the Angels. A Cub who was a Cardinal, a Cub who was an Astro and a Cub with 300 career saves. And then a World Series champ That's, who was yeah. a Cardinal, an Astro and a World Series champ with 300 career saves. We must go nine for nine to be immaculate, by the way. Okay. Five minutes on the clock. No cheating. No cheating. Here we go. We can be really obscure with the World Series champs, by the way. Punto? N- did he win one with the Cardinals? Yeah, he did, I think. He did? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he was on the... Twenty eleven, dude. We'll see you tomorrow
1: night.
2: Let's do it. 0. 0.4. Let's go.
1: All right, nice.
0: Cubs and Cardinals, we could do Lou Brock. Jason Hayward, Lou Brock. Lou Brock's probably going to be more obscure. 9%. Angel who was a cardinal was Scott Spezio. Who was
1: the outfielder who went from the Angels? There was a out, there was an outfielder yeah. who went Peter Borges? Yes. Yes. That's going to be super rare. Peter Borges? Yes. Good call. Borges, yep. I was trying to think of his name. 2%. Oh, we're going now. All right. The obvious one between the Astros and Angels is Nolan Ryan, but who's who's a little bit more obscure than
0: that? we can come back to that one too. Okay. Let's go. Let's knock out the easy. So who was an obscure player on the Astros uh it's like the 2017 Astros? Well, I mean Carlos Correa, not obscure. I mean Ryan Presley's not obscure,
2: but he was on those teams.
0: Mhm. World Series champ. I'm trying to think of uh I don't
2: like think a, Carlos Gomez. He got traded there, but I don't yeah, think Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't bank on that one. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on it either. Jason Castro was here when he yeah. Yeah, it wasn't
0: it? It was like a backup infielder or something. And the
2: Killer Bees never won one.
0: No. No, the, that was the first Astros World, World Series. series yeah. Okay, 300 career save guys. Well, Lee Smith is the obvious cub. Yep. Right? I don't know how I'm... Yep. It's going to be a high percentage probably, but
2: 27. Okay.
0: Okay. What Troy Percival? Fernando Rodney played. Did he play for the Angels? I think he did. I think so. Did Percival get to 300? Uh, th- that's the problem. Is I don't. I never really look at the 300 career save list. Um, uh, well, rod did. Francisco Rodriguez did. That's gonna be. That's gonna kill our uh, rarity, rarity score. That's okay. That's okay. From 02 to yep. 17, right? Yep, yep. Yep. Good stuff. 43. That's yep. That's okay. We and got, then a got world. Three minutes left. We're doing well here. Four and squares. then a World
1: Series champ
0: with 300 career saves. So Mo, Papelbon. Oh, does he have 300? I think he probably does. does right? Yeah.
2: He's the Red Sox all-time leader in saves, and then he was. Rick Aguilera playoffs. have 300
0: career saves? Oh God, it'd be great,
2: but that's a lot.
1: I don't think he did because he went back to starting. He probably doesn't because he probably took himself out because he went back to being a starting pitcher. It's a weird number, 300 career yeah, saves. Yeah, it
0: is. Applebaum? Yeah, if you think it's him, I don't know that he has 300. but, yeah. that, but let's go it. Screw it. I don't know either. Let's do it. Who cares? Six percent. Yes. Nice. All right, nice. we, have, we have over two minutes left for these Astro. We need an Astro who is an angel, an Astro who is a cub, um, and then an Astro who won a World
2: Series, which we could didn't. Grenke finish with the Grenke was with the Angels before the Royals, like, like recently in twenty twenty one. Grenke with the Angels, he was. Was he, he an went, angel? He went from the Royals. I thought he was, a, thought to he was a Brewers. He was to a the Astros he was a da- to the Dodgers to the
1: Diamond to the Astros to the Diamondbacks. I don't remember I, him. I think he went. I have no recollection of him.
0: We don't have Do You? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel angels vibes. But I could be wrong. I don't. I don't remember that at all. And I thought. I. I thought I knew his career arc.
1: All right. So Houston,
2: uh, born Michael Born stole a bunch of bases with Houston. Did he also play with the Angels. Uh, I
1: don't. That That'd I, be I don't. Obscure. That I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to think of back in this like the 70s and 80s who. Who might have gone back and forth? I know some. Oh, doctors.
0: let's go. Uh, who is that player that played for the Twins? Uh, the cheating scandal guy, Marwin Gonzalez, for the World Series champ, right? Oh, okay. Marwin, no, go- that'll no. be obscure. Uh,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because he he was he was actually yeah. great in that World 2%, Series. Two percent, good
0: stuff. I was gonna say, what are All you right. talking about? One minute man? left for a Cub who was an Astro, and a Astro who <laughs> was an Angel. Did
1: Did uh, Jim Deshays ever play for the Cubs or, or
0: just man? He managed for sure, or
1: is he just a broadcaster? oh he did Jim Dechets the pitcher he uh, he pitched for the I don't I don't think he was a cub player I he he's been a broadcaster for the Cubs for a bunch of years now but I don't um
2: Astro Roy Oswalt didn't go to the Cubs did he no um uh-uh. Imonds didn't hold on I got uh, oh
0: man this is bad oh well, let's go Nolan Ryan let's go Nolan ryan okay for the angel
2: oh wait for which one
0: angel Astro uh, yep yeah. 20 seconds left for a cub who was oh damn an Astro Chase, oh.
2: Jason Hayward. No, not Jason Hayward. Braves. Um. Josh Reddick
0: didn't go to the Scott no. Service? Was he an Astro? I think so. Scott go ahead, Service. Go ahead, Scott, just Service. Go
2: Scott Service. Go Alright,
0: go good good answer. Good answer. Uh, We're gonna get it in. 98 to 04 or 91 Wait, to 01? Uh, uh the bottom one. The bottom one.
2: 91 to 01. Yep. Yeah, 0.4. Yes! Yes! Yes!
0: Let's go. Scott Service. All right.
1: Scott Service. Oh, man. Oh, Trey Mancini. Mm.
0: Amazing. All right. All right. We got to go. We got to go. The score on our twin show, where we just want the twins to win a playoff game at some point for the first time in 18 tries. Probably see you tomorrow.